Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Club Pro Chatter, Season 6, Episode 3. My name is Greg Snow, coming to you live from the Government Center at the old Renville County, Scott. Yes, that is a fire alarm behind in case things get crazy in here. We're going to pull that. Scotty's coming to us from the den. Have you have you come up with a name yet for that? No, uh, you know, they call it the bunker at Bunker Mines. Yeah, I like the den. That's a good name. And I did notice you got a little Lysol back there, too, just in case things get a little dirty. <laughs> got some Clorox wipes up here. And this was, well, I won't tell you about any of that. Yeah, stuff, but we do no. have a clock behind us, Scott, in case yep. we run uh, long on time, which we've done them before. All right, Scotty, start us with a song. I know you got one. Oh, see, uh, see how I, I did had, that to you? Boy, dude, I had a perfect one last night as I was Come reading on. all this stuff. Um, Here we go. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? You know, maybe that's the tour players and Jay Monahan. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> We're going to talk about that later because, as you know, Scotty, I've got some strong opinions on this, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, you got your coffee ready, Scotty? Yes, you do. I'm we ready. Have, we have a big day because we have a special guest today. We have the Twin Cities Open champion, Alex Klein, with us. Alex, if you'd like to come on board here. There he is. Yes, sir. How are we doing, boys? Awesome. Hey, Alex, um, is the Tommy Fleetwood look intentional? <laughs> uh, not intentional, but I have getting that a lot. I'm just letting everything grow. It's going to be a year since I cut my hair in August, so I'm trying to let it, let Do it go. a little side spin so we can see the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not I quite, like it. I can kind of get it up into a bun, but not quite all the way there yet. So it's, yeah, it's kind of exciting. Are you going to bun it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Scott, do you want to know the last time I could put a bun in my hair? <laughs> Never. Take, take a guess. No, I could. When? 1989. <laughs> Alex, were Al you born yet? No, Alex was not. I was born. not. Of course was not. not. Scotty, were you? Are you kidding me? I was in the first grade in between right. Twins Glory, 87-91. All right. Well, let's get into it. Alex, of course, uh, as, we, as I just mentioned, won our Twin Cities Open. And um, the, the big question I'm sure everybody is wondering before we get into it too much was, Scott, did you remember your clubs this year? There's a little story behind that. Oh, Alex. no. Yes, I did. I saw Marty Lass uh, before the tournament. I said, obviously, thanks for hosting. Edina was in great shape. And I said, you know, I don't need the rental set from the back this year. Tell uh, <laughs> Alex the story. Yeah, the yeah. Time, the story real quick. Well, I got it. Yeah, the this. last time we were there uh, for an event was the golf champions. It was my birthday. I think I was, I turned 39. And, you know, I hadn't even lost my memory yet turning 40. I get there, open the trunk. No clubs in the trunk. Oh, no. They're in the other vehicle that my wife had with the kids. Well, you know, I live two hours away. There's no say. chance <laughs> that I'm going to make it back in time. So I'm, my wheels are spinning. What am I going to do? So I go into Marty's office. I go, Marty, you got any rental sets here? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, why? I go, well, I don't have any clubs. He's like, oh, no. So we start, like, trying to – we end up – Figuring out the driver, getting a tailor-made driver, similar shaft demo. I used Don Barry's putter. I put, started, I played the front nine with 10 clubs because <laughs> my wife was coming down with my clubs. And I was like, I can put four of mine in. Uh, I wasn't going to do the putter because it was close. Did a right. couple hybrids, some wedges. Um, and I think I shot like 75 or 76 with clubs I'd never that were probably standard <laughs> right. I'm two degrees up so um yeah I had my clubs Greg and um I just lost my mind on the back nine that's all all that happened yeah you were, what a, you were playing what, good but today's podcast is not about you it's about Alex I just want to say what a brilliant play though it only carry 10 the first the first night and have four kind of plugged in 
I never really thought of that. Ever had a similar situation where you've left your putter, you've left your driver, and you're like, oh no. I have not, not that I can recall. I usually try to check to make sure I have my clubs before I leave my my place. That's yeah, kind of on the checklist. <laughs> normal people don't do that, right? right. <laughs> I would never think to just not let's not have yeah. our clubs. But that's well, a great story that we have. Go ahead, Scotty. Sorry. No, and then Alex, the next year in the US Open qualifier at Legends, I get to the second hole and I look and I'm like, I'm gonna hit four hybrid. Why is my four iron in here? I had 15 clubs, so oh, I took no. it out and I laid up and I hold out for a three on a par five, but it actually was, I think, a five or a six because it was the second hole. No, it was sure. a double because it was the second hole I had had 15 clubs sure. and it's two, two strokes four per max. hole with a max of four. Sure. So, sure. yep. So just learn from my mistakes. That's what it boils down <laughs> I always to. Check. I always check and I always count, right? Yes. All right, All Alex, right. I want to I take you back to three years ago. We uh, dreamed up this Twin Cities Open. We thought it was going to be a great idea. We didn't know if it would work or not. The first year we kind of struggled for some, for some participation. We weren't sure if this was going to even launch. This year I, I tried to register, and I think I, um, I, it was like two days after couldn't even find a spot. I mean, it was sure. locked up full. Can you take us through a, a, the pro professional's viewpoint of how you guys are viewing this event now and why do you think it filled up so fast? Yeah, I think I, I wasn't able to play in the first one, but I played at Rush last year. And um, it, yeah, like you, like you said, it, it's a great event. I think it fills the schedule very nicely right away in the season um, as like all the section stuff's getting going. And for, for me as more... Um, and not necessarily like a suction player, but I'm trying to play in some bigger stuff and I'm trying to like chase it, play corn fairy stuff. Um, being from Minnesota, it's a great kind of tune up to get ready for like the Mondays and the Dakotas tours and all that kind of stuff. Multi-day event, which is super important. And I think the, I think getting at rush right away kind of added some validation to it, like immediately. Um, and then obviously I had Dino CC, that place is awesome. Um, it just kind of had a little, a little more of a draw and then kind of to your point like I, I was fortunate enough to play okay last year as well so I kind of got into that early registration side of it so I could sign up before that it was open to everybody else and yeah to your point I mean I was on it right away because I knew it was going to fill right away and it's I think it's I think it's a perfect it's perfect timing it's like what, right when all the college stuff's done all the college kids can play in it um and yeah it's just it's a really good event and I, I look forward to it in the in the coming years well, speaking of, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Before we get further into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex. I just found out that you're one of the golf coaches with the Tommies. So yeah, yeah. Tell us about so, yourself. Yeah, so I grew up um, in <laughs> Ramsey, just a little bit northwest of, of Minneapolis. No. There. Yeah, yep. I went to I'm from High St. School. Francis. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so um, I grew up kind of up that, that way. I went to Elk River High School. Um, wasn't, like, super great in high school. I was okay. Um and had had an opportunity to play at the University of South Dakota. I kind of recruited myself, right? I like I didn't have anybody watching me really. I sent an email out um, to the head coach there at the time, and he's like, "Yeah, come on and visit." And it ended up working out. Um, played two years there. Uh, I was extremely fortunate to to play well, and then transferred out to Grand Canyon University down in Phoenix. So I finished my my college eligibility there. Played junior and senior year there. Turned pro right out of school. Lived in the desert for a couple of years. Um, and then just wasn't really playing well, needed some steady income and Brent Snyder, my, my instructor at the time needed an extra person to help him out. And I started teaching with him. That was geez, six years ago. And it kind of been with him on and off ever since, ever since, um, I was out in Colorado for about a year, just kind of hanging out during COVID. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. And now, now that I'm a little bit more stable um, financially and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm gonna try to play a little bit more this next couple of years. Nice. Yeah. Scotty. Yeah. No. Um, Your turn. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm just just taking note. Um, I give Alex a hard time all the time because I think he should be getting in the PGA. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I truly want him to. Obviously, we only get one crack at it, so to chase it a little bit. So. You've been out there. Um, maybe talk to everybody. I mean, you've you've tried it, gotten 
into the teaching side, obviously coach now and trying it a little more. How difficult is it? Explain to people like everybody thinks like, oh, I'm this scratch golfer. I can get out there and play. Like it's not even close. Like how good is the competition out there at almost every level? Yeah, it's crazy. And for me personally, um, having to having to work as well is probably the the hardest part of it, right? Like I, I went and played PJ Tour Canada Q School in March this year. That was my first time on grass since November, right? So I had a pretty long layoff and then I went down there and I was actually able to compete a little bit. Um, but that's that's probably the hardest part for me. Um, just not having the reps that everybody else does. Like all those guys are playing full time. That's all they do is play golf. Um, and they're, yeah, like to your point, they're so stinking good and the competition is so deep. Even at the, like mini tour level, Dakota's tour level, right? You have to shoot some some places 20 20 something under par just to win over three days right so those guys are crazy good and but that's kind of you were joking with greg like decade and that kind of stuff that's what's helped me a ton is i'm able to not have the the hours that i need to put in but i can kind of plan myself around a golf course a little bit better than i was able to before when i had all the time to put in so i've actually gotten significantly better just by understanding golf a little bit more and obviously hanging out with brent and and teaching a little bit, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. He he's taught me a ton, and um, just every day, just learning about how to find a way to get better. Whether you have an hour or two hours or thirty minutes, right? Just always being doing something to to get better. Alex, talk uh, since you guys have brought it up. Tell us a little bit about this decade thing before we get back <laughs> into the Twin Cities Open. Yeah. So I mean, Scotty actually has met the founder of it. Um, he <clears throat> might be able to speak on it a little bit more than I can, but. I started, I kind of monkeyed around with it like two or three years ago and went through all like the content, the videos and kind of like was one foot in, one foot out. It was like, I tried to um, use some of it. And then about two years ago or a year ago, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go full blown into this thing. Like, let's, let's see how, how well it can help me. It's only going to help, right? It can't hurt. And it, what it is, it's just a system um, a strategy system that you use and it's in place based on probability essentially. And it's basically you're, you're getting the correct target from aiming away from hazards and you're, there's like a formula for when you should hit driver, when you shouldn't hit driver. So it makes every decision for you. So there's less, um, there's less emotion in each decision. So it becomes very, very easy for me. And for a lot of players, it's becoming really popular at, the tour level and it's extremely popular at the college level um, but it becomes a lot easier to remove that emotion from decision which makes you that much more committed to that shot and all we teach everybody especially our junior players all day is okay how do we be, how do we get committed how do we get over a bad shot how do we do this how do we do that right so if you have a, a system in place that allows you like i know if i just hit a normal shot it's going to end up somewhere in my dispersion pattern my target's awesome it's not going to end up in that bad of a spot and that just allows you to be that much more committed and accept the result that much more so it becomes less of a roller coaster emotionally on the golf course and you're you're just kind of in there hanging out so it's a lot Frank, of does it... sorry scotty go ahead no, does it sound like it'd be something that's great for you you're not emotional out there i mean yeah you <laughs> You just aim at everything, whatever. I mean, this is, and to be honest, Alex, I started using Decade probably five, six years ago. And if you look at my scoring average and my results in big events, it's gotten better and better. And I truly believe that it's all because of Decade, like expectation management, picking the right targets, Obviously, you got to work on your game. You still got to have a short game. You got to you got to work on your golf swing. But if you take the emotion out of it and you stick to the game plan, it's it's pretty easy. And right. Greg, I'll tell you a quick story because Alex played in the group behind me. Him and I are sitting there on nine T, which is backed up because it's a drivable par four. And Not I'm for talking <laughs> what? Not for everybody. So here's what I'd say is you know based on the numbers and scott fawcett the founder of decade got into it a little bit with colt nost about number three at augusta like 
based on how far you hit it, everybody should be hitting driver there. And Colt's like, well, I don't know, you know, it's, it's a tricky green and, but the numbers don't lie. The closer you get to the green, the lower your scoring average is going to be not even with those shots. So I don't hit it as long as Alex. Alex hits it far because he uses the ripstick. So his swing speed, probably about 10 miles an hour faster than mine. So he can fly it probably 20 past me. But I'm standing there and I got hybrid because I don't like getting in a weird spot there. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll hit, I'll hit driver. And I flared a little right. I got 50 yards. I hit it to four feet and I make birdie. Alex, I see you made birdie on nine. I assume I you hit driver. And I did. that's like, that's what decades all about is hitting the right club in the right situation off the tee, but then also picking the right target when you're hitting approach shots as well. Yeah. I, I think you said it best. The ex expectation management's a big part of it as well. Um, yeah. Understanding those numbers of how, how many shots it takes to hold out for a tour player from that yardage. Right. And then mm -hmm. we start kind of understanding that this, I, I mean, obviously everybody knows this game is hard, right. But it's, even harder right then we understand so you start loving on yourself a little bit right and then it just becomes a lot easier day in and day out okay you two that's enough of the infomercials <laughs> I, I i i understand i think maybe you're talking so to are you going to start using it well i'm sure this is another hour-long podcast of exactly how because again my, my mind says and i don't want to ask all these questions because i want to get to the twin cities open but my mind says, well, does it take your score into consideration where you're at, where you're at in the, you know, all those things that kind of play. It right. doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter because you're trying to make the lowest score possible per hole. And based on the math, the expected score, that decision is going to optimize everything. So it doesn't matter it does. if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a match play. It doesn't matter if you're five down or six up, or if you're six back in a stroke play tournament, it's that target is the right target. It's going to allow you to make the lowest score possible highest percentage shot you two are convinced <laughs> and you're way better players than oh, i yeah. am so there's something to it let's get the back to the twin cities open alex okay uh your connection to edina country club tell us a little bit about um your expectations going into the tournament do you have a love affair with edina i do personally sure. tell me a little bit about uh that with you yeah so funny story this is kind of going to be more of an infomercial for decade i had never been on property till the first round never seen wow. a golf course before um but i knew everybody i talked to loved it and um, i did my little charting thing online to try to get ready as best i could i just didn't have time for a practice round and that's obviously ideally you'd want to have a practice round but the next best thing is kind of doing what scott fawcett preaches and going online and checking it out and whatever and charting it um but the course just set up perfect for me um it's not crazy long it had really long rough and it's really narrow so the kind of the strength of my game is, is off the tee. So those par fives to me were like, I'm going to, I know I'm going to have a pretty good chance at picking up a lot of strokes on people just because of how accurate I hit my driver. So I'm going to have a lot of opportunities into the par fives. And then the couple par fours, excuse me, the couple par fours, I can kind of get it up by the green. Um, and it was just an awesome shape. The greens were perfect. Right. And yeah, I, I love it. It's it's a great golf course, and I, I hope to be back at some point. So you played the par fives and only six under. So I guess you did <laughs> like the par fives. Yeah, but I had. It, it was it was good. I had I think I had uh, I had six two putt birdies. Yeah. So week, yeah. what? Yeah. So talk a little bit. Obviously. I mean, do you, so this is now in this generation of live scoring, all your college meets, it's live scoring. Everybody knows where they are. Are you a guy that looks where you're at or because of decade, you're just like, it doesn't matter. So I do like to look. Okay. I like to know. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It's not going to influence my decision at all. I just do like to know. Um, and I, I, I don't know why that is. I just kind of like knowing where I'm at, what, not what needs to be done. Cause that's, like I said, it's not going to really affect my decision and my target or anything, but it's just kind of nice to know. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's just individual by individual, right? Some people get wigged out, but to me, it's just like, Oh, that's, that's where I'm at. That's, that's cool. <laughs> so, so go ahead, Greg. 
Okay, Alex, 69-67, yep. uh, five under second round. Uh, any difference in the day, in the way you played or how the rounds went, or was it just similar, just a couple extra two yeah. par, par five birdies, it sounds like? <laughs> no, so I think after the first round, I was pretty – I was pretty happy with how I played. I felt like I hit the ball decent enough to shoot a better number than I shot. I just had too many bogeys. I think I had, I, I made a really sloppy bogey on nine. I three putted. Um, and then a couple other, just, I three putted 18 too. So I knew if I just kind of limited bogeys, I would, I would make enough birdies. Cause I was like, a, like I said, the par fives were really gettable and there's a couple short par fours. So I knew the birdies were there. Um, if I just kind of limited mistakes a little more, I knew that, I could probably have a 67, 66 out there. And um, I just was fortunate enough to to limit those mistakes and and um, kind of take advantage of the par fives and off we go. So you finish, let's see, it looks like uh, six birdies in the last 11 holes. Yeah. Uh, finish strong. Uh, I know you've been working really hard on your putting. Talk yeah. about what you're working on with that. And I mean – Obviously, you figured something out. You cleaned up. Did you have any three putts day two? Uh, I did not, fortunate okay. enough. Um, yeah, that was a big part of it. And I had a – it's kind of funny, actually. I hit a pretty good shot into one, 12 feet miss, had a good two putt on two, missed like a six-footer for birdie on three, and then I missed like a three-and-a-half-footer for par on four. So, obviously, with all that, like you said, like I've been working really hard on my putting and – you put all that effort into it and you miss that little guy or start to kind of downward spiral or spiral. Right. And I was like, let's just keep going. Right. Let's stay with what we're doing. Let's keep in our process, blah, 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 blah. And, um, ended up making a nice save on, on five, made like a seven footer for par. And that kind of jump started a little bit. And to, for the putting part of it, I, that's kind of was a bit, the big problem with me. Um, over the last couple of years, I've been in contention and some Dakota's tour events, but kind of been in the final group and had some chances to win, but I would strokes gain wise, I would lose like not kidding five to seven shots in the final round, whatever it was. Like it was kind of a trend. So it was like, obviously yep. something, something has to change. I got to, this is insane. Um, so I started working with a guy named David Orr. Um, he's down in pine needles. He's kind of like a legendary putting coach. He worked, used to work with Justin Rose and Hunter Mahan and, He's buddies with Phil Kenyon, who kind of now has everybody on tour. Um, so I went down and saw him in in April, and that was quite eye-opening. Um, and he changed a couple little things, and I've been just trying to stick with that. Like I said, stick in my process and and keep on that. And that was huge down the stretch for me. Um, I made like a slider on 16 for par is like a three-and-a-half-foot slider and then made a couple nice ones on 17, 18. Um, I made a nice like 12 footer on 18 to kind of close it out for birdie. So that was about as fulfilling as a golf shot as I've, I've ever hit, honestly, is pulling that 12 footer on the last hole. Cause normally I'm just like, okay, don't screw this up. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's try to drip this over the front edge and <laughs> probably Alex, leave it short, short and low. <laughs> to get it to 12 feet on 18, that, that other shot had to be pretty good. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Actually I hit, so on on the first round i hit driver just short of the bunker i kind of whiffed it a little bit so i was like okay perfect target like if i fan it it's gonna be right in the middle of fairway if i pull it it might get far enough left and up that i can probably have a shot over the trees yep and i hit it right at the bunker just dead straight and kind of trickled into that front like just barely in the bunker i probably had two and a half feet from the lip of the front edge of it so i got really lucky that it actually got forward enough so I, I could get a club on it, but it was far enough back in the bunker that I could get it over the lip. So I hit a seven iron out of that bunker to like, yeah, 12 feet. And then it was funny. Marty kind of told me, <laughs> I've never seen anybody make bunk, make birdie out of that bunker. No. <laughs> so it was kind of a, yeah, that was, that was a really, really good shot. And it was just, like I said, a little bit of luck involved. And I also hold a bunker shot on 15. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's kind of a decade thing too, right? Winning your best golf and winning requires a little bit of luck. And I just mm -hmm. happened to happen to hit some timely shots and hold some timely putts. And But, you know, you get yourself in that position and you just keep picking good targets and keep keep going. And if you make some putts, you win. If you don't, the, all you did was try your best and it's easy to accept. Alex, you uh, answered 
I always think that the teeth of the golf course is 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Those are always the ones that, you know, they're just the four of the harder, other than six and seven can yep. sometimes get you, depending on where yeah. they put the tee on seven. Yeah. But yeah. Um, other than that, those are, and so you already described those holes for me. And I, what yeah. were you thinking going into them? Did you have a lead? Um, I don't think so. I think I was maybe one or two back going into 15. Um, again, hit a great, I hit a dead straight tee shot. It was really good. I kind of mis, misjudged the wind. It was out of the right a little bit. And normally I fade driver. So I kind of started it right at the bunker and it just kind of hung in there. Got in the bunker. So I had like a 60, 60 yard bunker shot, left that short in the, in that same bunker kind of wraps around near the green, um, left it in that bunker and then hit, you know, a bunker shot that landed just short, kind of hit the pin and rode the pin straight down and in. (laughs) So yeah, it was obviously a a really lucky shot, but, um, and at that point I was like, okay, this, I'm probably pretty like at least tied now. And then I had a great up and down on on um 16 and then made a good par on 17 and then 18 i was walking down the fairway checked the leaderboard and i was like up by one so it was a quick i mean i mean i made two pars and now all of a sudden i was up by one and that's a hard hole yeah exactly yeah that's a good that's a very very good lesson i think for my juniors and my college dudes like par is good especially if you're near the lead par is so good you don't need to do anything crazy like just keep keep doing what you're doing, keep picking good targets, and if your dispersion allows you to hit it close, then that's great. If not, you know, like I I don't want to call it conservative, but like safe, good, high percentage targets is usually going to win out, and that's why this stuff works. Scotty, last question. You always yeah. get it, buddy. Yeah. So Greg, I'd, I'd also piggyback on what Alex said. The the best way to lower your scoring average is not make more birdies. It's actually make less bogeys. So that's one thing that a lot of people can look at is like, stop trying to make birdies. Pars are good. And if you make pars and avoid bogey, you're going to cut your scoring average immensely more than making more birdies. So the stats don't lie on that. Like uh, someone that shoots 78 versus somebody that shoots 70, the guy that shoots 70 isn't making two or three times as many birdies. He's just making less bogeys. So that, um, and then to piggyback, uh, what do you got next? What do you got the rest of summer, Alex? Yeah, I'm, I have the, the state open, Minnesota state open, and then I'll try to play a handful of Dakota's tour stuff. And then I'm going to try to get at least one or two corn Ferry Mondays. I kind of have them earmarked on my schedule just depending on if they work out timing wise, but I have weddings and all this kind of stuff. I'm kind of at that age where a bunch of my friends are getting married and bachelor parties and all this stuff. So (laughs) time is running very, very thin. Um, So that kind of goes back to my practice schedule, right? Like I just have to be able to get the most out of my time and I'm taking a lot of steps to do that. I'm, I've actually started working with a sports psychologist the last two months and that's been a huge help. Um, So I'm just finding, trying to find ways that I can get better when I don't have as much time as other, other guys that are trying to do what I'm doing. Right. It's kind of that leaving no stone unturned mentality. I'm trying everything I can to get better. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll play state open, couple of Dakotas, corn Ferry Mondays. And then, um, the, there is a PJ tour Canada Monday up in Winnipeg. I'll play that's kind of middle of August, end of August. And then St. Thomas kind of picks up right at the end of August there. So once that kind of starts, I'm with them for most of the time. Right. So schedule gets a little thin and then November I'll probably play the Nevada open, which is a really, really, really good event. It's pretty big purse and the entry fee is pretty low and includes all your, your lodging and everything. It's probably one of the better state opens. So really looking forward to that one. I played that one in the past. Well, Alex, thanks a lot for coming on today. And uh, the only advice I'd have for you is be careful of those bachelor party scrambles <laughs> uh, that you're going to get sucked into because he's a good golfer. Right. And he's yeah. That's, on those. that's usually like what happens. That's usually what happens. It was funny. We were out at Tahoe this last weekend and um, we played a, I think, I think it was a Muni, but it's just like Lake Tahoe golf course, whatever. And they were super awesome to us. They let us, they played 18 and it was like a $15 replay rate. And they let us go off as a 12-some in a scramble. So there's four teams of three. 
<laughs> so there is a just like spraying everybody everywhere. There's tee shots flying all over a bunch of guys seen off at once. It was super fun. Well, good luck with all your uh, adventures, and uh, we wish wish you the best, man. And uh, cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate open. it. Yeah, thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank Alex. See you, buddy. See ya. All right, Kaylee, let's uh, let's get you on here. What's up, everybody? All right, give us some. Well, let's first give her what she's due, Scotty. She doesn't really like to do our picking sections. Uh, you know, or segments, I should say, but um, we force her and uh, she obviously won the PGA championship. You were, you were second Scotty because you had Scheffler. Mm -hmm. Brooks Kepka. I had a bunch of my guys miss the cut. John Rahm grumbled about the setup. Um, yeah. So Justin Thomas, PGA guy, he was brutal, but um, yeah, congratulations, Kaylee, on your Brooks Kepka pick. <laughs> Thank you played great. Yep. And um I did a know. lot of research. I was following. Oh, it keeps you engaged in it. I know it. <laughs> Anything you want to one... add to that, Kaylee? We want to give you your moment. An here. acceptance speech. Oh, I'd like you. to thank the I'd like to thank um Google for figuring out who's in the field quick. And this will be my one hit wonder. So thank you, everybody. By the way, we're going to have to pick the U.S. Open at the end of this show. That's right. Oh. Yes, we so are. Kaylee, get ready. Hey, Kaylee, so, you should use chat GPT and say, who should I pick to win the U.S. Open? Right. Yeah. Something. Well, there's a couple people she likes. All right, <laughs> Can Kaylee, I just give keep us my same, same picks. <laughs> no, we might not let that. All right, Kaylee, give us some state of the section here. Yeah, well, I'm actually doing this podcast today from Southview Country Club, the beautiful Southview Country Club, as we're setting up for Tape Mark. It's Tape Mark week. Yes. Yeah, so. Scott, Scott, what's your tea time? 2.20. Friday. Yep. That's like the last group out, isn't it? Uh, there's one guy behind me. And hopefully he learns how to do live scoring. He's a friend of ours, Jesse Nelson. No, he doesn't like the live scoring. No. Yeah, we've got to get him better at that. Jesse is a recent winner at the old Onika Ridge mm -hmm. Pro-Am. Yeah. I heard. Yes. So maybe yeah. that'll help him do some more live scoring. Scotty, what are your uh, – you're on the um, – you're the executive uh, in the PGA. Uh, what do you want to tell us about the tape mark from your end? Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of my favorite events. I've played in it Cal, probably 12 why plus years. Brush, why did you brush your hair over like because that? Because I've got it, Greg. And i got to get a haircut tomorrow, so I just want to flaunt it right in front of you. Oh, um, so you so dumb. But no, it's uh, really. Uh, so, <laughs> no, Southview's always fun to play, always in great shape. The greens are fast and there's always some difficult hole locations you can make a ton of birdies with the par fives in the setup so it'll be a fun couple of weeks or a couple of weeks couple of days Holy. Um, uh no the pace of play is a little slow but it's because every par five is reachable and you gotta wait so it's just is what it is is it so there, is there a couple par fours you gotta wait too like eight and nine uh, no, nine. They you typically have the tee back, so you can't. The, on okay. the final round, they always move it up. Uh, eight, yeah, maybe downwind you can get it close, um, but yeah, most of the people can't get it over the top of that okay. hill. But uh, yeah, so it'll be fun. I'm playing with uh, two of my good friends from high school, and one of their friends who's become a good friend of mine. Kind of the same team I've had the last three, four years. So. We're excited. They they like love it. It's it's my one buddy Ross Fuchs's first time he's ever played in the tape mark. So uh Ross gets a little nervous during these events. So hopefully we can calm his nerves and we can have a good uh good weekend. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Forecast looks great. So yeah, that's a big deal. I think one of the days was like 75, isn't it? Where it's like literally perfect. Yeah, 75 and on Sunday, which is which is perfect. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think 50 teams. Is that correct, Kaylee? Around there, yep. Okay. 
Yeah. Still finalizing, it sounds like. Yes. It'll be good, though. Anything else to add there? Well, a little behind the scenes, I would like to state this on the record. We are uh, definitely having extra stakes in our tent this year. I don't know if anybody oh, remembers. The, yeah, the flying last tent year. incident of last year <laughs> when it almost could have killed somebody's Porsche in the parking lot, Greg. Yeah, it was a scary, Not scary yours. thing. No, I don't have a Porsche. Yeah. So, yes, okay. hopefully everything will be secure this year. We're working diligently on that. Um, but, yeah, it's tape mark week. It's fun. It's a grind. It's cool once everybody gets here and we can see all the work that we put in for the year kind of come to fruition yeah this is a lot of work for our staff and they put together obviously we've taken over this as uh what is this year three now scott year um we've been a part of it probably five years and we've been running mm-hmm. it three years at least yep yeah so again we're we're still getting better at it and uh it's uh it's a big and obviously president phil anderson has a long history with selfie and he's this is a, a passion of his and um it's good to see it uh still going strong so thanks for all the work you do kaylee and for the team we appreciate it yeah all right thank you we better do these picks right now before we get into some other stuff because we might have to cut off some things i know you're probably not ready no uh, one's ready i'm literally gonna the text order, tone. Bat- i'm gonna text tone that- right now and be like what are tone's picks <laughs> no kaylee you don't need help <laughs> i've got the batting order here which will be scott greg kaylee we picked four in the last one. I got to go back in my notes here and find what we did for the Masters. I think we did four there as well. So it seems like that's the theme of the year for us, that we'll do four. Let me see. Yeah, the Masters, we only did four, but we had tones. So, Scotty, you get the number one pick in the draft. Um, it's uh, L.A. Country Club is obviously it's not – yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to know horses for courses here. I watched some co- a college event there a couple of years ago, but I heard they did some even revamping of that. So I don't have a lot of history with this one as well, but Rory's already come out and said that it's going to be the best U.S. Open ever, whatever that means. And that was before the news of, yes, of the Live and PGA Tour uh, coming together. So, um, Scotty. All that yeah. being said, do you have somebody that you think will win the U.S. Open this year? Well, yeah, I agree with you on the horse for course thing. I don't think – some of these guys have probably never even seen it. They're for sure not in a tour event uh, situation. So, it, I, I think it's really up for grabs. Um, I'm going to go with somebody that – if he just figures out how to putt, he's the best ball striker in the world. He's in the mix all the time, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I, I started writing that down as soon as you said learn how to putt. His strokes to gain in this last event at the Memorial was yeah. off the charts. I think he was T to green was off the charts, but then he he just couldn't figure it out. All right, I'm going with the wild card, and you know I'm I'm half a live guy, so I'm going with Dustin Johnson. Ooh, DJ. A former U.S. Open winner. Kaylee, you get two picks. Okay, my first one, I'll go with. Matt Fitz, Fitzgerald. What's his name? No, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. He's defending champion. I like it, Kaylee. Yeah, but He's you picked him before. Maybe so I... you, have, you have some sort of love affair with, with Patrick. I like yeah, it. Yeah, every once in a while. Well, once I can get his name right. Um, I'm and a then big I'm Larry gonna... Fitzgerald fan, too. So Right. And then I'll go with Jordan Spieth. That's, that's a pick that Scotty usually likes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, kind of want to pick uh, Frankie Chapin, you know, Minnesota kid. Frankie who, uh, Sappin. I was just going to say. Is it Sappin? I think yeah. So. Are you sure? Because Brady yeah. Madsen. Yeah. yeah. Brady Madsen went to college with him. And I don't think he called him Sappin. Pretty sure. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask him. Okay. Um. How about how about this one? How about uh, no? He just withdrew. I can't do it. Can't do it. I was going to take more cow, but who knows if he's going to even play? Dunga. 
I'm not picking Billy Horschel. That I know. <laughs> that's that's a for sure. How about uh, how about uh, Shoffley? Xander. Scotty down at the PGA. Yeah, these are two very easy picks. I'm not going to pick John Rahm because it feels like he's ready to pull something out of the ground. He's he's running a little hot. Seems angry. He seems angry. This guy's the hottest player on the planet, and he doesn't even play on the PGA Tour currently. Brooks Kepka, and then I'm going to go with the next hottest player, uh, my favorite Norwegian, just won this past week, Victor Hovland. Scotty, I wasn't picking Brooks because uh, he's still on a bender. Uh, it doesn't matter. He still. probably will dye his hair and he'll still win. And Jenna will have to open up a space on the wall. We're going to have to see that dumb video again. And there you go. Cameron Smith. Oh, Cam. Who's got Haley. longer hair right now? Cam Smith or Alex Klein? Klein. Haley, <laughs> two picks. Your final two picks. Well, I think this would be fun to go with Mr. Masters and do Sam Bennett. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. Hold on. Is he still an amateur? I don't know what his story is. I don't know if he's in for sure. I, I think he might still be an amateur, oh, so, so that hurts am- us for the money. Kaylee, yeah. we're going to have to tell you to take another pick here, I think. <laughs> but we know how much you love Sam Bennett. <laughs> yeah, this, Kaylee, this isn't all your future husbands here. All right? This that, is, come on. Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> um, I don't even know. Well, I, lo- I mean, I always love Tony, no matter what. Take Go him. with Tony. Yeah, he's, he's, he loves the Lakers. He's an L.A. type of guy. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing he ever said, this is kind of irrelevant to the tournament, but he said he's a father first, golfer second. Automatically love him. And then we'll go with Ricky Fowler. Why not? I picked him Rick. last. He played good at the Memorial. Yeah, he did. I picked him. Uh, I picked him in the last time. He didn't do so good for me. So I'm going to give this guy another shot because I think he's going to have some validation, and that is Justin Thomas. JT? Yeah. Um, okay. So I've already said Rom isn't going to play well because he's going to rip something out. I don't think Rory's going to play well because he's even madder than John Rom. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to go with the California kid, went to Cal. I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa, as long as his back spasms. I already told you I was going to pick him, but why I didn't? And you just went right around that? Well, you know what? He's get, he's going to get some good treatment. It's all going to be okay, Greg. All right. Good stuff. All right. We got our picks in. Again, this is a big one for you because um, if Kaylee or I win this, you have no chance of winning the year. Uh, this team, no. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. There is no chance my team loses. I hope you I do win. have a nice squad. I do agree <laughs> with you that you have a nice looking squad here. But they'll probably you know, all miss the cut. Let's be honest. I haven't won yet this year. John Rahm will probably win. No. Oh. All right. Let's move on. Scotty, we've had a lot happen in the uh, in the section here recently. Um, obviously we talked a little bit about the twin cities open, uh, but we also had the senior open and I got to play with the guy, not play with, but he was at Eagle Creek last week. We had a little, uh, we had a little Friday game and the runner up of the state senior open played at Eagle Creek. And who's that? (laughs) I should look it up. Mark something. There is no one named Mark okay. in the top. Who finished second? We've got Jerry Rose, Richard Freeberg, Joel B. Johnson, Derek Stendhal. Freeberg. That was okay. it. Okay. Freeberg. And I said to him, I go, hey, congratulations. And he's like, thanks. That was a lot of fun. So Keller proves to be a great test for these guys. And I think they really like having that event there, Scotty. 
Yeah, no, uh, I mean, obviously they've got one of the best hosts in the world, Mark Foley. Foley just, uh, he he's like signed up for this event for for life. The, he says the seniors just treat, treat, treat the facility great. They're super gracious, very appreciative. I think it's a good, fair test of golf. I know the wind kind of picked up, but I don't know that I've seen more than four or five under win this thing any year. So the golf course is a, is a perfect test. And our boy Chris Borgen with the title, um, I didn't even know he was 50. Oh, so yeah. I thought I was older than him. No, Borgen uh, turned 50 a couple of years ago, and he's still he, selfish plug. He uses the ripstick a lot. He is, he remember, I don't know if you remember this, we had the long drive contest at Minnewaska. He won the senior division and hit it like 360. He still can move it. I played with him in the first round of the Twin Cities Open. And, you know, he, he's essentially, look at this. He, he just won the golf champions last fall. And now he's won the senior open. He's, he's on a little bit of a run. He, he played in his first national club pro this, this off season. So Borgen's playing some great golf. I think it's gotta be the crocodile Dundee hat. Could be, could be. Do you think you'll start wearing that? Yep. If it, if it gives me a senior open win in a couple of years, you're right. I will. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so Borgen wins by one. Uh, I mentioned who finished second. Derek Stendhal, like hot off of who played great down at Frisco, missed the cut by one. I talked to yeah. Derek uh, two days ago at uh, the Meadows at Mystic at the Pro Am. I said, hey, you know, other than the front nine, he shot four over on the front nine, played the rest of the twenty-seven even par. Like awesome experience for Derek. Great playing. And then, yeah, the quick turnaround and come back here and play in the senior open. It's uh, he's playing great golf right now. And then maybe fatigue caught him, Scotty, because he was in the lead with 69 and then uh, backed it up with the 74 the next day. So maybe there's something to that, that he had a, he had a lot on his plate in the last week. Yeah. And then round out kind of the top 10 in the section uh, or in, in the field from the section, we had our buddy, Bill Israelson, the ageless wonder shoots even par, finished tied for sixth. Don Barry, George Smith tied for eighth at one over, and Eric Childs was at two over 11th place. So good representation by our section members. And, yeah, just a great, great event. I, I, I love following along with this. Um, somehow the seniors do a better job of uh, doing the live scoring than us uh, regular players. But uh, so it, it was a lot of fun to follow along. I love that you're hitting this, Scotty, because you know this has been a hot-button topic with me. Um, of This should not be optional. This needs to happen, and people need to get better about it. So I appreciate the fact that you're hitting this so hard today. Well, I'm just telling you right now that at Onika Ridge on Sunday, 18 out of the 28 players did live scoring, and there's someone that finished at two under, that uh, probably would have liked to know that somebody was at three under. So, um, yeah, I think we need to talk about it at a tournament committee level and say, if there is live scoring, it's everybody has to do it at pro-ams. And yeah. in our events now, we pretty much, it's, it's, it's more or less uh, strongly encouraged, but everybody at the Twin Cities Open did live scoring. So... Well, was it you could do like your whole group? Yes. So that's all it takes in my mind is that just one person in the group and in a pro-am, have one of your ams do it. Yeah, it's not that difficult. Um, And nowadays there's this thing called the do not disturb on an iPhone where you won't get any notifications and you can still post the scores. So that's not an excuse anymore to me. So I think it's just, it's, I know when you love me getting on my soapbox and this is me getting on it. All right. So big news. We got a couple minutes. We got about five minutes, Scotty. Yeah. We got a Uh, hot topic. We're going to end the show on my favorite subject. Huge news where we're, we're recording here on June 7th. Huge news yesterday. Um, this might have been one of those moments where where were you at when uh, when these two entities combined? Now, I know Liv hasn't been around for very long, 
So it's hard to put them in that category, but that's how it was covered yesterday by all the news outlets and by golf channel and everything of this was like one of the biggest watershed moments in professional golf in a long time with the announcing of the merger of the two entities. And I don't actually three entities when you count the DP world tour, but Scott, here's the thing. Nobody really knows what all the details are. It's pure speculation right now. So just tell me, what was your gut reaction when you heard it? Well, I find it very ironic that the news of this happened on the, the anniversary of D-Day, which is one, one of the biggest days in the history of this country. Uh, this was for sure one of the biggest days and announcements in golf. Um, I was on the range and uh, doing our hope chapter, and all of a sudden my phone started buzzing and beeping. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I see multiple pictures or texts about it and at first I thought it was a joke I thought it was like April Fool's but mm -hmm. it was a picture of Monaghan on CNBC or whatever it was and um, yeah I was just kind of shocked I think everybody was um, but yeah it's it just seems like it came out of nowhere that's exactly what about it and we're finding out that it did come out of nowhere Scott yep the live guys it sounds like Greg Norman didn't even know about this it sounds like that none of the players on the um on the PGA tour side knew about this again is it something that they should have input in well it doesn't seem like any live golfers are mad about this it seems like that only the PGA tour players and I saw something this morning that said they've asked for Jay Monahan's resignation, which again, I, I gave it six months. I don't know if even that's going to last. It's going to last that long. How do you, how do you take the stance that you did for a year and change and now come back to all those people and say, Hey, I had to pull the trigger on this. I, I, I just can't see it, Scotty. I, I'm just in shock that a man would say these harsh things about live and then say, yep, we'll jump in bed with you too. Yeah, so I, I wanted to watch this this morning, but we had this. Rory had his press conference this morning, so I'm interested to see what he had to say. Um, all I see on ESPN right now is Rory understands fans' frustration, still hates live golf. That's what it says. So um, here's, here's the one interesting thing about this, is the PGA Tour is owned by the players. Jay Monahan is their employee. They have a board similar to we have a board. And as far as I know, the PGA Tour board still has to sign off on this. So I don't know that anything is like done, done. Like they had a players only meeting yesterday. Uh, nobody really knows the details. This sounds like Jay went off script. Nobody really knew about it other than his inner circle. So who knows if this was a, something of him trying to save his job or who knows? This is, this, this is going to be a story that's probably going to go on for the next month. Who knows what's going to happen? Scotty, I thought this was a uh, Harry Carey of his job. I thought if you want to keep your job, you hold your stance, you hold your line. Because exactly. he asked all these PGA Tours to, to fall on the sword with him and proclaim that Everybody that goes associated with Live Golf is um, is associated with the 9-11 murders. And so now all of a sudden, you're going to sit back and tell everybody that, well, I, I have to do this deal and everything I said before, we just kind of got to forget about and just kind of got to wash it. I don't think it works that way. So you made a very interesting point. I had heard this as well, that this isn't a done, done, done deal. Um, I think from Liv's, Liv's perspective, it's, what happens if the PGA comes back with, well, it's going to be a two-year wait period before these guys can get back on the PGA Tour, or they're going to have to pay an X amount of fine to do it? Do you think Liv is going to say, oh, sure, okay, we'll pay that? Or maybe the head honcho guy would say, I'll pay all these fines for everybody. Who cares? We'll figure it out. This is what we wanted anyways. I yeah. don't know where this is going to land, but it is really really cool tv if you're into if you're into the golf sports world it's watching how this is going to all unfold it, it's there's a lot of uh talking heads right now the brandles all of it you know everybody going back and forth and but 
the fact of the matter is, and what's very unfortunate is ultimately what it boils down to is money and PGA tour and live side was going to be in a hot court battle for who knows how long spending millions on this case. So they probably just said, you know, why are we going to each spend multiple millions of dollars to fight each other and not know what happens when we could just come together and save each other money and make more money. So it's all about the money. It's, it's terrible. I think from a fan of golf perspective, I think we're all super excited that everybody could, the best players are going to play together, but there's still a lot of uncertainty in how that all looks and how their status gets back. Um, and from a PGA member perspective, it couldn't have, the timing works out very well for us because now we might have the best players on the Ryder Cup team on both sides. Thank you. You know, and that's something that was still up in the air. Well, Scotty, we had a meeting with uh, Craig Kessler, our new COO of, of PGA. Go ahead. I wish, I wish we would have had that call with him this morning. Well, it's funny because a day before that, you know, Monday when we were on that call, I asked that hard-hitting question. Yeah. I'm concerned about the Ryder Cup. I'm concerned that we're not going to have the greatest. It really concerns me that Europe isn't going to have their best players. Yeah. And again, I know they've they've dominated us over there for years, but if it's no names beating up on on uh, Scheffler and Finau, if it's two no names over there, that's not anything good for golf. No. I, I, I equate it to Danny Willett winning the Masters. It did nothing for golf. Nothing. No. And so, again, I, I just – I'd like to see the people that we know doing. That's why the Victor Hovland thing was probably, probably the best case scenario champion for the Memorial, even though the uh, McCarthy story, you know, pretty cool, but yep. it's probably better for the PGA tour to have a Hovland win because he's just a good dude. He went caddying the next day in the longest day of golf. Crazy. Right? I know. He's a so, good dude. Yeah. The so point being is that we like to see the best players. This is a win for the fans. If this is signed for the fans yes. and you're right from our organizational perspective, I think we got what we needed because we need no question marks over a Brooks Kepka being on our team. There doesn't need to be any. Well, and it was perfect for us. It happened after the PGA championship as well. You know, it, it, it didn't take away from that. The timing is, is, is good for us. And, um, so it's, it's just really going to be interesting. We're going to get daily updates on what's going on with this. It's, yes. uh, but I got uh, one final question since I get the last one. The when we have our next podcast, is Jay Monahan going to be the commissioner of the PGA Tour? No chance. Okay. I will put it, I will write it down right here. Jay will resign or be fired, one or the other. I don't okay. care which way or how they get there. You cannot survive this. Whether they merge or not merge, how do you survive this? Yep, yep. So, so then uh, I guess the next question is, are you going to be putting your name in the hat to be the yes. next PGA Tour commissioner? Yes, because bottom line is, um, and I'll tell you this, Scotty, from day one of live, I said the same thing of sit back, let those live guys go and say, Hey, if you want to come back and play in our events and our biggest events, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Be, be so cool with it that they actually are mad that you're not mad. Instead, yeah. Jay went with the, they'll never be back. We'll never allow anybody back. And he needed a consultant to say, dude. You've got the best product in the world. Act like it. Yeah. Act like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For crying out loud. You acting like that they just stole your basketball and they're going to leave. Yeah. And now I'm using my high pitch voice because I just can't understand that a guy making that kind of money couldn't have made any better decisions about this to help out the sport. Yeah. Anyways, Scotty, yes, I'm going to throw my name in the hat. Hopefully they watch this podcast, say, you know what? We should get a visionary like that Greg Snow guy. 
He's 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 always safe. He's got Clorox and a fire alarm around him at all times. So he's ready always ready for anything. All right, we've ran out of time for Kaylee Ekstrom and Scott McDonald. Thanks everybody for watching, and we'll see you in approximately a month after this U.S. Open. And oh boy, I bet we'll have some more live PGA Tour news from that one. Thanks, Scotty. See you later. Yep.